Genesis, the third chapter, uh, reading from the 15th verse. Um, I should get it too, right? Yeah. your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you'll give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Brother, always like that line right there. Right? They like that line. They like that line right there. Your desire. Yeah, yeah well, try to live that. And then, uh, <laughs> Bless his heart. And um, where did I leave off? To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and he and ate fruit from the tree, by which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from food from it all the days of your life. And it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since... From it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she will become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and children. The two verses I want you to pay attention to is 15. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Verse 21. The Lord God gave garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. May blessed be to reading and hearing the word of the Lord. You may rest in the presence of the Most High today. Man. Today's big idea, we want to share with you the big idea. The gospel allows us to recover and pursue God's design for our lives and help others do the same. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Amen. So I, I, I want. We've been on this journey. Uh, this is the third week of this journey. We'll finish it next week on the series "Life on Mission" on the message, message theory series "Life on Mission." And before that, we did the we did the "Who's Your One" series. We want you to identify the one person with whom you were praying to connect with, to have lunch with. We are believing that this church be a church that saves souls. When I say saves souls. Saves souls. That, you know, majority of Christians, vast majority of Christians who or say they're believers will not bring one person to Christ. One. One. Over 90% of 
will not do it. They say they love the Lord and they care. They've done some great and wonderful things. And they probably won't even invite their neighbor to church. Unless their neighbor asks them, where are you going? The vast majority of Christians. The vast majority of Christians. And we were going to take a poll in this, in this room today. We would ask you. And we've been trying and working at it. We would ask us each individually, how many times did you tell somebody about the gospel this week? Many of us would come up and say none, zero. And we are being trained to do it. Because habitually, we as believers just have fallen away. We talk a good game. We talk a great game. We look good on Sunday. We do. We do. That's, that's the vast majority of us. As a matter of fact, we so busy trying to get it right ourselves, we forget that sometimes helping somebody else get it right will allow us to get it right. <laughs> but God has a design, and so we've been talking about God's design lately. And put some things in perspective. I went to this conference, Young Leaders Conference, this past week, and it's my second year in going. And it's really impressive. This young man started with 50 people in a hotel room, some five seven years ago, 50. And then every year it grew, 1,500. Last year was 3,000 people. This year was 5,000 people. There's never been a, a conference that's just blossomed like that. No one has ever had a history and recent memory that a, a, a conference has just blossomed and bloomed in such a way. It's actually the best conference, Christian conference I've been to. And I've been to a lot of convocations and a variety of things because Everybody who spoke came prepared and dropped it. It was good. It was amazing. You had uh, Noel Jones did a workshop. They're not preaching, they're doing workshops. Uh, Jamal Bryant did a workshop. Uh, YPJ did a workshop. They're not preaching. These are some of the greatest preachers in America, but they're not preaching. They're doing workshops. And in the workshops, people are shouting. <laughs> it was just amazing, right? Amen. It was amazing. And the power of God came down, and the praise was just amazing, alarming. But one thing that was confirmed to me was praise actually, when you let it all out and dance and shout and run around, that's the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of beginning taking up place. And they were like, but the worship is where it ends. Worship is where, where you really want to touch the hem of God's garment. Worship is when you, when you really want to stretch out because we're designed to worship him. When you get to heaven, they don't say they're not praising the heaven. They're worshiping him. Singing to the Lord all the time. Repetitive words over and over again. Yes, yes, yes. Repetitive words. They call it, I learned this phrase, the, we are the 7-Eleven praisers. We have seven words we say 11 times, and that's our song. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We worship that way. But if you look in Revelations, in like the second chapter, the third chapter, that's how the angels will worship him. Yes, yes, that's right. Repetitive words over and over again. The God who was, who, the God who is, who, the God who was, who is, and is to come. Over and over again. So that's why we worship. We worship because... We're a maturing class of believers. We are really chasing after the hymn of his garment because we want to really experience his glory and his power. So we spend a little extra time in worship. Don't worry about it. We're just getting there. Yeah. 
Amen. 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 We want the fullness of the we were designed to be in that way to worship God. Yes, yes. But they're talking about God's design as well. We were talking about God's design and uh, and I went there and I had a previous life before I got into ministry. <coughs> I was in the politics. And I started off in Atlanta and the conference was in Atlanta. And John Lewis was there, Congressman John Lewis. He was 80 years old, still a member of Congress, some 30 plus years. I mean, he's, yeah, right, right. And what I love about John Lewis is he stays consistent, consistent. I, my first DC job was in John Lewis's office as a Congressional Black Caucus intern. And I, every time you came into his office, anybody came into his office, the first thing you had to do was he had you sit down in his pre-office and you had to watch this video of the, the Selma in Selma at the Pettus Bridge. You had to watch him get beat up every time you visited him. And I'm thinking, man, this dude, he just can't get past it, you know? You got beat, yes, you got beaten up. But then, I, as I matured, I got put it into perspective, is that he was designed to represent God's people. Mm -hmm. He was put in a position that America will never forget what you allowed to happen to your people. Yeah. He was designed to always pull on the conscience of people who kind of forget whence we come from. Mm -hmm. He was designed to stay in the gap, to continue to fight the good fight of the faith for black people, for America, yes. continuously. Amen. He was designed to be who he is at 80 years of age still preaching. It's amazing. He's a congressman, but he's a really reverend Congressman John Lewis, a Baptist preacher from Troy, Alabama. People tend to forget that. Mm -hmm. So he stood before 5,000 people. He went right back to the bridge, but now I understand, but that's his message. He was designed to continue to remind us yes, yes. that he was alive when there was segregation. Mm -hmm. He was alive when Jim Crow was alive. Mm -hmm. He was alive and there and almost gave his life because sometimes we forget because we, we you know we don't we, we, we forget because now we can go where we want to go. We can eat where we want to eat. We can work where we want to work per se. <laughs> but theoretically. And we forget like it was a long time ago. But then comes John Lewis. It's like I was the one you saw in black and white on the film. That was me. I'm a real dude. They cracked my skull, and I got a plate in it right now. And they try to make me bleed out. I don't want you to forget that. Who's designed for that? But also, when I was there, and it reminded me of who I was too. Because sometimes you forget when you're on this journey called ministry. You feel like you forget, you know. But I had a previous life, and so when I was eating breakfast, I was eating breakfast yesterday. And a man was sitting over there just with another guy. He walked in the same restaurant I was walking, ate at. And he's running for president. His name is Senator somebody, Bernie Sanders. And I walked over to him. I said, Mr. Sanders, uh, my name is Pastor Barrett Barry, Parliament Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Charlotte. Oh, where, 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 Charlotte. Thank you, baby. Thank you. I just sometimes, that's why you get married. You got to have somebody to catch you. <laughs> Shook his hand, he got him shook my hand and everything, and you know, I said, you know, I'm uh, been watching what you're doing, and I want to appreciate you for standing in the gap, speaking on your issues. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, 
I mean, you know, I told him a little bit about my background. I used to work for Mr. Clinton. I used to be a speechwriter, and uh, I kind of appreciate how you present yourself. And I then forget sometimes that I, I forget, you know, that I'm not moved by politicians anymore. I thought he was just a regular dude. We eating breakfast together. And sometimes you forget that I was kind of designed to be in politics. I was designed to be in politics. I'm going to be honest with you. I was designed to be a leader for black people. I was designed and created for that. And sometimes I forget what my design is. You forget what your original purpose is, what God placed you to do. And sometimes you start moving away because you see all the other things that come into your life and they don't really add up immediately. But then there's still a way that God has already created you for such a season. Sometimes he's, you know, preparing you for something greater than you can even imagine, but he's already designed you for it from the beginning. It's because of our moving away that we tend to sever that relationship with God and move away from what we were designed to be. Mm-hmm. So after one of the, we were speaking, I was, uh, one of the people came out, another person came over, and she's running for president, Elizabeth Warren. And my buddy came over to me, and I saw him, I said, what's up, man? He's a pastor in Boston, and I preached for him several times. He said, oh, Barrett, man, come, hey, we need you. We need you. Come on with us. Come with us. Come on. We need you, man. Come on. Why should you leave Massachusetts? You need to be here with us. So he offered me a job. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I, I don't want no job. I don't work for her. She ain't going to win, but that's not too fun. But um, <laughs> he said, she going to win. I said, no, she's not going to win, brother, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's all good, man. I got your back, though. I got your back. And then another guy who I ran for mayor with, he, he's running for president. I'm, I'm starting a church. I'm plotting pastor. His name is Pete Buttigieg. And Pete was there. He was speaking. He's running for president, too. And a guy came up to me named Amara. Amara Kennedy came up to me. He said, you know, I have another name, Osahar. A lot of people call him DC, call him Osahar. He came and started talking to me. He said, man, um, you know, Pete Buttigieg is here from South Bend. I said, yeah, I want to talk to Pete. And they had all this security around. I said, but yeah, I want to talk to Pete. And I stood there, and I'm like, and security walking by, and I'm like, yeah, I want, to, I want to talk to Pete. And I said, well, I'm from South Bend, and nobody moved me away. And I just stood there and waited. And then Pete saw me and said, hey, man. And we greeted one another. And sometimes you forget when you have a certain position, anointing upon you that God has designed you for, mm-hmm. and you forget you become small or become complacent in your walk with the yes, Lord or yes, yes. in life and don't realize who you are. Mm-hmm. And for a season, I forgot that I'm not your, I'm created from politics, and I come from politics, and I, I, I know the person who was with the body for Elizabeth Warren, I got to walk up to the president, the government president who stays a senator. I got to see the guy who's running for president. I knew for the candidate personally running for president. And sometimes I forget the world that I come from. I personally know him. Cory Booker and I are contemporaries. I personally know him. Then you walk away and you forget because you get into a season of brokenness. In that season of brokenness, you have some doubt and you have some fear. And you have some shame because you've done some things to move you from the design that God originally yes, yes, placed you yes, in. Yes, 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 yes. 
And in that season, that severing that occurs, we say in a design, it's sin. Right? So you move away from what God designed who you to be because you go through a season of sin. And sin could be anything. Sin could be doubt. Sin could be fear. Sin, those things are not of God, so they're not really of God. If they're not of God, they're sinful in nature, right? Yeah. Wow. And then you move into a place of brokenness. And brokenness is when you start doing things. The squeaky line indicates that you're doing some things that, you know, to, to find some resolve, some peace of mind. You know, you maybe you start drinking. I don't know. Maybe you start smoking an abundance of weed. I don't know. Maybe, you, you know, you, you, you start eating more than you should. I, I don't know what your, what your outlet is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe. Maybe it's pornography. I don't know. Maybe it was sleeping with somebody else's wife. Uh -oh. Even though you should be sleeping with your husband. I don't know. I'm just saying that it could be any one of these variety of things. You find comfort. You think you're finding comfort, but you're actually in a season of brokenness. And you moved away. Now you have a gulf between you, where you were originally designed to be, and who you are in the moment. So the last two weeks we've been putting together, we talked about God's design, we talked about the season of brokenness, but then we moved around to a place called repentance. We return back to where you first believe, amen? amen. Where you first believe, and then you repent of your sins. And so I found myself repenting of my sins because I've been gifted with connections that I do not utilize. I've been gifted with opportunities to stand next to presidents and not have Secret Service take me down. I've been gifted when able to go into a room of 5,000 where I can walk to the front and have a conversation with the people who just got off stage. And I, and I forget that, that what that gift is because I haven't utilized it to advance my people. I haven't utilized I'm, I'm at fault. I mean, he doesn't gift you with certain gifts and you don't use them, then you like you you move into a place that you gotta now repent. What has God gifted you with that you're not utilizing? Because He designed you originally some way, somehow. I don't know what it is to be a great parent. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's be a great a great lawyer. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's be I, mean, I don't know what it is. A great singer, a preacher. I don't know what it is. What did God originally design you to be, but then sin came in and you became in a season of brokenness and moved away from what your original design was. Jesus. So here we find Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. In the very beginning. Designed by God to be great. God made a way out of our brokenness. He made a way out of our brokenness. So today I want to talk to you about the gospel. There, the gospel. That's it. That's it right there. God promised that a man would bruise the enemy's head in Genesis 3.15. It says, Now I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Look at the word enmity because enmity is not a word that we commonly use in everyday language. Uh, 
looked it up in the Hebrew, I looked it up in the Merriam's dictionary, I looked it up in another dictionary. I want to grasp the concept of what enmity was. It really means that you have a dislike, a, a hatred towards, a, 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 something that keeps you exactly away from someone. You're just so disliking of that person and moves to a place of absolute hatred. And I will put hatred between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. <laughs> wow. And, and, and sometimes we get in these relationships, you know, you're married uh, in a, a long-term relationship, or even somebody who you love, and there's always that wonderful time where you're smiling and happy and joyful and bliss. You know those times. You know those times, right? And then all of a sudden, you don't take out the trash for a week. Uh-oh. <laughs> don't. Brothers, take out the trash. Yes, please, please. <laughs> you got one job. It don't take much to do. Preaching to myself. It don't take much to do but take out the trash. I figured I got a son. He should take out the trash. But if he don't take out the trash, who gonna take out the trash? Who gonna take it out? That's my wife. Home, check the trash when I get back. Check, 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 check. God sacrificed an animal, shed his blood to make coverings for Adam and for Eve. It's called like the first gospel. There's another word for it, but that's too long for me to say it. It's proto evangelium. Okay. You heard about that? No. <laughs> that's the first gospel. Lord, the Lord God made garments of skin. Verse 1 says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. God sacrificed, spilled blood because of their sin. What can wash away my sin? So God made the initial sacrifice to cover up their sin. My mom used to say these words to me. Maybe your mom said it too. I brought you into this world, and I will take you out. I can see God now saying, I gave birth to you. I created you in the image that I wanted you to be, but you tripping. I brought you in, and I can take you out. But see, she never took me out. She just whooped me. That's right. She just whooped me. So God was saying to them, I brought you in, and I'll take you out, but I love you so much, I'm just going to whoop you. And he, we've been living off of that whooping till to this day. Matter of fact, I had an uncle tell me these jokes. I mean, he's true. I think it's true because I started doing it too. And he drive down the street. He see that one little tree that bush that grandma used to like, and he would go pull it out like you ain't gonna whoop no kid with that. <laughs> Once you get that really good whooping, it lasts. Oh yeah, oh yeah, forever. I remember when I went and got the smallest branch out the back and brought it into the house for my grandmother, and she looked at it, got more upset, and went to the back and got the limb and brought the limb through the door. 
I'm never gonna forget that whooping. Yeah. When was the next time I did that? Never. You won't do it again. So what God is doing? He whoops us. Right. Let's get some Holy Ghost whooping, no biblical whoopings. You know, my girl just whooped me biblically. She whooped me like, um, don't spoil the rod. You know, every every word of the Bible was a swing. You know, she was, it was a biblical whooping. You ever get them biblical whoopings when? <laughs> <laughs> so God whoops us. He whooped us. He, he designed us. And he whooped us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And it's late in the hour. I'm going to skip down so we can get out of here. Lesson two, the gospel is simple. Jesus died for our sins and was buried. God raised him from the dead. Jesus, it's gospel simple. Jesus died, put it back up, just for our sins, was buried, and God raised him from the dead. That's the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Mm -hmm. So if we start from God's design, we sin, we go through a season of brokenness, we repent, and we come back to the good news, which is the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the good news. But we have to repent and believe in the gospel. Mark 1, 15 says, The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The good news is he came, he died, he rose again. It says believe the good news. No matter what you're going through, when the times get most difficult in your life, you have to come back to understanding who you are from the original time when you were created. You were designed by God to win. It was a devil to confuse us to make us feel that we are to lose when he enters in. But we're designed to win. But we have to come with a repentant heart, which means that you have to go back and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. And realize this, the beginning of your forgiveness starts with forgiving yourself for your sin. Quite often what we do is we hold on to the negativity and laugh because we hold on to the fact that we one time sinned. Walk in understanding you've been set free. God has already created a design to bring you back to where you're supposed to be in original form in his image. And today what that is is one who prays, who seeks and chases after God, who fasts, who prays continuously, who seeks more from yes. God to yes. be in a relationship yes. from God. Are we designed to worship him? So yes. how's your worship? Yes, yes, hallelujah. You can't worship freely until you let go of your past, your, your shortcomings and your weaknesses and your sins. Yeah. You can't really worship God yeah. until you realize that yeah. you're already created to worship him. Yeah. Life has clouded your understanding because we live in a season of brokenness, each and every one of us. Because yes. each and every one of us has sinned before and entered into brokenness. Mm -hmm. And we forget whose we are. Yes, yes. But God's original design. Created in his image. To walk and be a reflection of him. But he sent his only begotten son into the earth to show us the way. Yes, thank you. To remind us who God is. Thank you, Lord. To allow us to have this relationship. So before there was a high priest in Jesus, you had to go to somebody else to get to the Lord. But God said, I now trust you enough. I love you so much. I put enough trust in you so much that I send my son so you now you can interact with me personally. Mm -hmm. He brought us back to his original design through Jesus. 
So then we have to recover <laughs> and go back to where we were originally created to be in God's design. We have to pursue him. This is why we worship. Amen. People start playing better. There's two bad scriptures I want to leave you. In Deuteronomy, sometimes we forget, but even God made a promise to his chosen people. And through the gospel, through Jesus dying and being resurrected, we now share in the same promises as God's original chosen people. In Deuteronomy, it says, The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God, I will give you this day. Carefully follow them. You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. He says, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. That's a promise of God. That's an original promise he gave to his chosen people. And through Jesus, we have to absorb that, receive that word, that we will never be at the bottom, that we were created to be at the top. We were created to be victorious in everything we set out to do in the name of Jesus. That, now, you may think it's hard or difficult. You may think that it doesn't make sense to you. How could he choose you? But God already made a promise. I told you over and over again, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of a man that he would change his mind. That's a promise. That's a biblical promise. I didn't make that up. That's in the Bible. The Bible says that. That's right. So what he set out to do when he originally created us, he created us to be at the top and not the bottom. Are you living a life that you see yourself on top? Or are you living down low? Taking the scraps, forgetting who you are forgetting that you've already been, you were made man, I'm a made man and I forgot that I was a made man in politics I'll never ever have to ask for a job in politics ever again if I don't want to somebody gonna offer me one I'm not gonna take it, but they gonna offer it to me cause I'm made and I sometimes I forget that I'm made you're made you're already made. You're a made woman, a made man of God. When God laid his hand upon you and anointed you, and you became in the crowd of many now, believers, he set you apart from the world. While everybody else is living on the bottom, he promised you to be on top. So walk with the authority and the promises that God has already given you. Live on top. Walk and be the best that you can be because God gave you his best that he had so that we can walk in that same authority and promises that he designed for us originally. That because of Jesus coming around, we're now returned to be his design. Amen. That's the gospel. I'll close with this here. Matthew 28. This is our, this is it for us right here. Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus came to them and said, this is the end of the book of Matthew, and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will. I am with you always to the very end of the age to go and make disciples. And I'll be with you to the very end of the age. But the verse before that, that's what I want to really stick with, stick with you is this. It said that the people worship Jesus. The people worship Jesus. But some doubt it. The people worshiped Jesus. And some doubt it. So we worship him today. But somebody here still is in a season of doubt. When they came, Jesus said those words to them. He said it to those who have witnessed his blessings, his healing, his resurrection, his, his death, his resurrection. They, they saw his miracles. He saw, they saw him raise people from the dead. But even in the midst of all that, they still had doubt. He had to come back and give them a commission. Today, I tell you, do not doubt. We worship, but do not doubt. Somebody came in here hearing the good news, but still was thinking about that bill that you have to pay. You're still thinking about that illness that you need to recover from. You're still thinking about the difficulty in your home. You're still wondering, like, will I have enough to, to, to provide for my kids for school this year? You're, you're still thinking about, you still have a little worry, a little doubt in you, but I'm here to tell you that he said, go and serve, he said. Make disciples. What he said, not how you feel. He didn't say, I, I don't feel like, no, he said, go and do it. And I will be with you to the very end of the age. I'll never leave you. Yes, yes. I'll never forsake you. Please stand to your feet. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You are the top and not the bottom. You were created in the image of God. It was sin that came in that broke the connection with who you really were. Yes, yes, yes. But I sent my son Jesus to provide the gospel. And he came and died and rose again. So you can return now to your original design. 